0: All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon, and we'll begin reading in verse number 2. The book of Philemon and verse number 2. The Bible says, "unto our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. May the will of God be done, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. I want to preach a few minutes on this subject here. We find it in the last part of verse number two, where the Bible says here, and to the church in thy house. Now, when you think about this, Paul uh, is writing to Philemon. And he mentions about the church that is in his house. We know that this is a literal statement that Philemon was responsible for opening his doors and let the church of Colossus come and worship in his house. That's where they were holding services. And the Bible talks about in the book of Acts how that they went from house to house. So very possible it was not just at Philemon's house. But uh, no doubt he was a very, uh, he was very important, very instrumental uh, in opening his doors and having church within his home. And I think that this is a literal statement no doubt it's a local statement because it proves that uh, Philemon was a man who believed in the local church and certainly we should all believe in the local church I think that every believer uh, just as we see in this text ought to be a part of a local church uh, uh, within their, their their vicinity and so it's a, a local statement and then it's a lovely statement because it proves that Philemon was a church man that he loved his church and that he loved congregating he loved assembling uh, with the saints and how important that is in the days that we're living in, you and I, uh, as we think about where we're at and uh, what we're going through, I think if anything it should cause us to have a greater appreciation uh, for the time that we have to come together and assemble uh, amongst the brethren. We ought to love uh, the house of God and love being amongst the people of God. And then this is a very large statement within itself because uh, the Bible says here, the church that is in thy house. It's important Because in verse number 1, Paul teaches us uh, that Paul knew how to worship in prison. That prison was in his house. And even though Paul was a prisoner, he still knew how to worship uh, in his own home as a prisoner in his own home. But here in verse number uh, 2, Philemon teaches us uh, how to to worship in in, in his own house. Not as a prisoner, but uh, he's having church in his house. And I want to preach on this subject, on bringing the church into your house bringing the church into your house. Because when you think about this statement, it's a very large statement because uh, so many times people have been guilty of being one th- one way at the church house and another way at their house. A lot of folks, they know how to worship down at the church, but they don't know how to worship at home. In other words, they go to church on Sunday, they sing in the choir, they testify, they shout, maybe uh, they teach a Sunday school class, but when they, when they pull out of the parking lot, oftentimes... They leave church at church. But here we find that Philemon was a man that opened uh, the doors of his home and he brought church within uh, the walls of his house. We need that in the day that we're living in. Moms and dads and, and young people, we need to know how to have church at home. And I trust that these days have taught us that well. I would say that you cannot bring church into your house if there's no scriptures. Amen? In other words, if you don't have Bible reading in your home, then you're not going to have church in your house if all you do is come to church and hear a sermon, and you go home and you throw your Bible in the corner, or you lay it up on a shelf somewhere, and, and you don't ever pick it up, then you never have church at your house. But I'm glad that God will be good at the house. I'm glad that thank God you can sit around in the living room and open the Bible, and you can read the Scriptures together. You can read the Scriptures as a family. You can even have your own personal devotion. And when you open the Bible in the home, God gets real at the house. I think that's one of the reasons we're in the trouble. We're in today is because the family altar has been taken out. I pray that God is allowing this time to institute the family altar back in our homes once again. My encouragement to you would be is when uh, when, we come, when we come back to church, don't quit having family altar. Uh, don't quit having uh, a church at home. And don't just do it whenever we're having online services. But hey, do it on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night, and Friday night, and Saturday night. Uh, use this time to, if you've not been having family altar, use this time to 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 institute that once again but there can be no church in our house if there is no scriptures amen there can be no church in our house if there is no singing i think about a lot of music that's being played in the homes of so-called christians today if there's country music in your house then there's no church in your house if there's rock music being played in your house and there's no church in your house, I encourage you if you're if you're saved and you know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you ought to get all that mess out of your house and have revival and put some good gospel singing in your home. Uh, turn the radio on and let 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 your home uh, listen. Let your uh, let your home have the atmosphere of heaven. Let there be some songs about Jesus Christ, some songs, uh, some old hymns that that lift up the Lord Jesus and lift up uh, what we believe in and the songs of the faith, amen. I'm talking about uh, songs that we sing in the house of God. We ought to have church in our house, and if we're going to do that, we're going to have to have some singing in our house, amen. You can't have singing in your house if you're listening to the wrong kind of music. I mean, you can't have church in your house if you're listening to the wrong kind of music. It's got to be the kind of music that, that glorifies God, that, that magnifies Him. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about songs and uh, songs and hymns and, and spiritual songs. Those are the kind of songs that, that need to be played in our homes. What kind of music is played in your house? I think we'd have revival today if we could get the right kind of singing. Church cannot be in your house if there's no scriptures, if there's no singing. Church cannot be in your house if there's no supplication. The prayers of moms and dads need to be prayed once again. Family altars, I've mentioned, around the coffee table, families praying together needs to be instituted once again. Do you pray husband? Do you pray wife? Do you have a a secret place? Do you have a place in your house that you go and that you get along with God and you get on your knees and you talk to your heavenly Father? Do you spend time in prayer in your house? There can be no church in your house if there is no supplication. Some of the sweetest times you'll ever have, is getting in a back room somewhere and getting on your knees and closing the door and getting on your knees and talking to your Heavenly Father. When's the last time you've done that? You say, Preacher, it's been a long time. You ought to start today. You ought to find a place today and get along with God and pray. You ought to spend some time in prayer. What if everybody in our church started uh, spending personal time in prayer on their knees alone with God, set a, a set a time, had an appointment with God and met with God during that time and prayed, prayed for your church and prayed for your country, prayed for, prayed for our leadership around the nation and prayed, prayed for revival and prayed for souls to be saved, prayed for missionaries. There can be no church in our house if there's no supplication. There can be no church in our house if there's no service. I think we ought to serve God, not just, not just concerning the, the church. I know the church has ministries. The church has opportunities. But there's opportunities within the home. You say, well, preacher, I don't see no opportunity to serve in my home. If you're a, if you're a wife, you have an opportunity to serve your husband. You have opportunity to serve your children. I'm not talking about serving supper. And I'm not talking about and I understand that's a wife's responsibility. But right now, well, I'm not talking about that kind of service. I'm talking about being a spiritual influence, being a spiritual encouragement. If you're a husband, you have an opportunity as the spiritual leader to be a spiritual influence, a spiritual encouragement. Have spiritual conversations. Isn't it amazing what what people talk about in their homes? Sometimes they talk about everything but the Bible. They have all kinds of conversations but but they, because of a lack of knowledge they don't talk about the scriptures. They don't talk about the word of God. You know, It doesn't have to be devotional time to, to be having a spiritual conversation but but you can do Christian service in the walls of your home. But by, by the Bible talks about uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You ought to edify your family, edify your spouse, edify your children in the word of God. And there can be no uh, church in the house if there's no service there can be no church in the house if there is no saints in the house in other words what i'm saying when i make that statement is is that everyone in the house needs to be born again i ask you this father do you have confidence that your children are saved do you believe that your wife is saved maybe god's put a burden on your heart for someone in the walls of your home you ought to pray for them, pray for their salvation, pray for their soul. Get along somewheres and shed some tears. Wife, you ought to have a, have a burden. Many a children have been born, uh, born again because m- mama had a burden. Mama had a, had, had, a, had, a, had a real burden for their soul to be saved. And, and I want to say, uh, listen, uh, when we think about the church in thy house, what kind of services have you been having in your own home? You say, well, preacher, we, we've been watching the online services and that's good, but it ought to be real in the home. There ought to be a place that you and the family gathers around and prays together. That devotional time should not be missed. It ought to be real in the home. I'm talking about bringing the church... Into thy house, maybe God will use this time to wake us up. That when we do come back to church and we hear preaching, that we don't forget it by the time we get to the back door, or by the time we pull out of the parking lot. Oh, may God never again let us leave church at church and, and go home and forget all about it and get wrapped up in in the busyness of our day. But I pray that we we learn to take what we've had home with us and meditate on it and think about it and and and, and consider it. I'm talking about bringing the church in thy house, Amen. What's your house full of? Is it full of fighting and fussing, arguing, complaining, murmuring? Is it full of uh, is it full of all kind of ruckus? Is it full of worldly music and maybe worldly uh, movies or worldly conversations? What what's inside the walls of your home? Is your house a sanctuary? Is it a haven? Is it a place where you feel the presence of God? Is your house a place where uh, when you go home and you, or a husband when you come home uh, from from a day's work, you instead of hearing the TV blaring and and hearing video games going on and hearing all kinds of things a racket going on around the house, you open the door. And hey, do you hear a good gospel group playing? Do you hear a preacher in the background? I mean, what, what is your home like inside the walls? Is there church Is it, in, in the house? Is your house a sanctuary? Or is your house a hellhole? Is your house a place where the world has been filtered in and been invited in? And there's all kinds of things going on in the house where you think about all kinds. What, what's your house like? What's your home like? I want to say in this text here, I see that if we're going to have spiritual homes, we're going to have spiritual churches, we're going to have to have spiritual homes. And what our text proves is that if we're going to bring church into into our house, just as Philemon did here, then it's going to take some people. You know, you can't have church without people. Right now, I'm preaching uh, uh, to a camera in an empty building. And uh, I'm sure probably many of you have listened and said, well, preacher, don't just pre- he don't preach the same uh, online as he does down at the church house when, when we're having services. And I hope it's not that way. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've had some liberty preaching, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I want to see the house full. I'm tired of staring into a camera. I'm tired of preaching to empty pews. And, and I'll keep on doing it as long as we have to. But I'd oh much rather have people here and hear some amens and some and some people shouting and some people praising God and, and seeing some people come to the altar. You say, well, preacher, I've seen you stumble over some words a few times. I, I've seen you uh, uh, say, I lose your train of thought. Well, it's because uh, you're preaching to a stand. You're preaching to an empty building. And I want to see some results, don't you? I, I want to hear some amens. I, wanna, I want to have... Have some interaction. Amen. I'll even take some people sitting here falling asleep. I mean, I mean, rather have somebody uh, somebody to preach to. Isn't that right? Now, when I think about it, you've got to have people if you're going to have church. You've got to have some... It takes a congregation to have a church, and it takes a congregation in the walls of your house to have church. I understand God can meet with us one-on-one, and certainly He does. But like Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, I'm in the midst of them. And I will say it's always better to have two worshiping than it is to have one when they're truly worshiping God. But in our text, I want you to notice if we're going to have, if our church, if our homes are going to be sanctuaries, if we're going to have church in our house, in thy house, as he mentions in verse number 2, I want you to see in verse number 1 and verse number 2 what kind of people it takes to have that. First of all, it's going to take people who are spiritually developed... Notice back in verse number 1 that Paul mentions here Philemon. And when he mentions him, he calls him a dearly beloved and a fellow laborer. And you know, not every brother is a dearly beloved. I mean, we wish that would be true, but there are some that they're saved, they're our brethren, uh, but you know, they're not dearly beloved. Does it mean that we don't love them? Does not mean we don't appreciate them? But what it does mean is they're just not faithful. They're just not what they ought to be. But Philemon was not that kind of a man. He was a spiritual leader, both in his home and within, within the church. Philemon had opened his doors to the uh, to the church. He had brought the church in his house, and, and Philemon has proven not just to be a blessing to the church, but he was a blessing to this preacher here, uh, Paul. Paul calls him personally a dearly beloved, and we'll not go into the uh, the to the context of our text. But when you think about it, uh, Paul is writing this letter uh, concerning this runaway slave, and Paul is not asking Philemon to do something that that is just simple, but Paul is asking him uh, to forgive a slave that has done him wrong in a time when slaves were were very easily mistreated, but they were very easily uh, listen. Uh, killed and tortured uh, whenever they had done their master wrong. But Philemon, Paul says to him, I want you to go above treating him as a slave and just forgiving him. I want you to treat him as a brother. I want you to refresh him just as you would refresh me. Now, Paul can only say that to a saint that has been spiritually developed. He can only say that to some uh, to a Christian, to a brother that has, uh, ha- has fully matured in his faith. And that's the kind of person that, that Philemon is. And I want to say, if we're going to have church in our house, it's going to take some husbands. It's going to take some men that are, the, that are the spiritual leaders of their home. Amen. We need a revival of manhood today. We need some men that will not put the, response, the spiritual responsibility on their wives. I think a lot of homes have suffered because men have not, have not got right with God. Now, they may go to church, but they're not where they ought to be at spiritually. If you're a husband and you're listening to me right now, I want you to think about the kind of man that that Philemon was. He was a he was a loyal man. He was loyal to this minister, to Paul. And we need some men in our churches today that are that will be loyal to the pastor, loyal to the preacher. And when I say loyal, I don't just mean in in word and tongue, but I mean in deed and truth. In other words, you'll be a man in the church that the pastor can depend on you. That when he asks you to do something that benefits the church, I'm not talking about benefiting himself, but when he asks Ask you to do something that benefits the church and it benefits the cause of Christ. You're willing to you're willing to step in, not make an excuse, not be lazy, <clears throat> not shuck, uh, shuck the responsibility and put it on someone else. But you're willing to to step up and be an example and be an encouragement, be an encouragement to your pastor, but be an example to your family and show them what real leadership is by supporting the minister, supporting the man of God, in supporting the the church. And then he was loyal to Paul. Paul even said in verse number 22. Paul had the confidence that he could trust Philemon to to prepare him a lodging because that's the kind of man that he was. He was a spiritual leader in his home when it came to being loyal to the minister, loyal to the membership. He was a fellow laborer, he said to him. In other words, Philemon was a man that he had blessed the, the preachers, he had blessed the minister, but he had also blessed the membership. He opened the doors and allowed people to come in and worship in his home. He he allowed the church to assemble there. Paul, I mean Philemon, uh, puts the church first. You know the reason that he had such a strong family was because he had a strong faith in God, and that faith uh, led his family in the right direction. Uh, he was loyal to the membership. What kind of a church man are you, husband? Are you leading your family to church? You know, during these days of quarantine, my my burden is that no one in our church will be like. Uh, I have heard others make this statement and I pray that no one in our church will. You'll hear people that are carnal make statements like this. Well, you know, these days of being off, I, I've really enjoyed uh, being at home and watching the online services. Now, I don't mean that that you can't get a blessing out of it. I've had uh, some people say, Preacher, I really got a blessing out of the message. The message has helped my heart. And I'm thankful for the encouragement, and I appreciate that. But what I'm talking about is I hope that no one in our church would ever make the statement that, Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've enjoyed uh, the preaching at home more than I would have enjoyed it if I I've been at church. I hope that no one makes that statement. As far as I know, no one has. But I hope no one would make the the statement would be so carnal, would be so backslid, as to say that that being at home and watching services is better than assembling and being together. I pray that you miss the fellowship. I pray that you miss. I pray that when Sunday rolls around and ten o'clock and eleven o'clock and six o'clock rolls around, that no matter uh, how good the preaching may be to your uh, to your spirit, no matter what God may do in your life, I hope that there's an absence there that that no online service could ever fulfill, that would never satisfy you. I pray that the longer we go, the more you long to be back at the house of God. I hope that you never get to the place that you say, well, i just like to sit down in my pajamas and and get a a cup of coffee and sit here and watch the service, and that's the way I'm going to, that's my new normal. That's how I'm going to worship God from here on out. If that is your attitude, and I say, shame on you. Amen. I say that, uh, listen, they ought to be a desire. You're just showing your your backslidden state if that's where you're at. But I pray that you have a desire uh, to, to go back to the house of God and be amongst the membership. You ought to pray for pastors now, not just for me but even other pastors. You talk about a task when we go back to church. When things, if and when they ever do get back to being normal, you talk about a task that pastors are going to have. Pastors have had a enormous burden at pushing and prodding and, 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 and trying to prime people to just be faithful to revival meetings and faithful to regular services. Uh, listen, that was before all this happened. Pastors would get discouraged because they couldn't rally their, their people to be there faithful every night to a revival meeting. Can you imagine what it's going to be like after this? I pray that God stirs revival fires in in people's souls and that that it's just the opposite, that they go back and say, you know what, I'm never missing a meeting again. I'm going to be so faithful. I don't care what kind of crowd. I don't care what kind of services we have. I'm putting church as a number one priority, but I fear, and every pastor fears that it'll take six months to a year after this is over with just to get people uh, to just get stable because now those who are not dedicated, those who go to church and and they like to go to church, but they don't like to go to church church faithfully, those who are always hunting down an excuse to stay home, well, they've got a great one now, don't they? May God help us. Here at Bible Baptist Church, I'm preaching to all the membership of our church right now. There are those who are sick, and I know that when we start back May the 3rd, there are those who have physical uh, ailments that would compromise them. There are others that may not be able to start back with us. I understand all that. They're not going to be criticized for that. But I'll tell you, may God help us. If anybody in our membership ever uses this as an excuse to stay home, I would be absolutely afraid to do that. Now, if you're not comfortable when we start back at coming back, you know I'm not scolding you for that. And I understand it's going to be a slow process working our way back. But I pray that when when the smoke is cleared and everything is gone and and, and I pray to God we get back to normal, I pray that every time we hear some little something flare up in life that people don't use it as an excuse to run to and say, well, I'm just going to stay home and I'm just going to hide out. I'm not talking about sick people again. I'm talking about people that are just lazy. They're well-bodied, able. You say, preacher, why are you preaching on that? Because I know that, friend, listen, if we don't hammer it, And if we don't stand on it now, guess what? The spiritual development of our homes is only going to get worse because dads, listen, I'm calling on you. I'm saying that you have a responsibility to be strong in your faith and lead your family back to church at that appointed time as you pray, as God gives you liberty. Listen, you need to lead your family back and you need to be strong in faith. I'm talking about if we're going to bring church into our house, then listen, we've got to have... It's going to take people who are spiritually developed. What about it, Dad? I'm preaching to you tonight, right now. What kind of a husband, what kind of a father are you spiritually? I'm really just burdened right now for the men of our church. And as far as I know, I mean, I don't have any... uh, Listen, I've not heard anything. I'm just preaching to you. But I pray it's personal right now. I'm not asking you if you're a good provider. I'm not asking you if you work hard. I'm talking about, listen, how much of that Bible do you know? How much time do you spend alone with God? It seemed like every sermon I preached the last few days, God just got me emphasizing that, and I know why. Because it's so important, because of the absence of our church right now. Dad, are you a spiritual leader? What kind of principles are you training your children? Are you teaching them from the Scriptures? Are you teaching them what the Bible says? Are you teaching them some worldly philosophy? Are you teaching them just something that, that sounds good? But are you, are you taking them to the principles of that book? Are you, are you training them? Are you instilling in them? I'm just talking about if we're going to have church in our house, even when this is over with, if you're going to have a spiritual home, then you're going to have to be that spiritual leader that's been developed. Secondly, not only... Is it going to take people who are spiritually developed? But I see in verse number 2, it's going to take people who are spiritually devoted. Look, the Bible says, unto our beloved Aphia. Now, Aphia was no doubt the, the wife of Philemon. Uh, some believe because the word beloved there can also be uh, translated sister, but you've got to think about Paul is writing here. And just as Paul uh, talks about Timothy as a brother, we know that Timothy was not a literal brother of Paul, but he was a brother in the faith. And and Aphia was no doubt a sister in the faith. She was a beloved Aphia, but she was the wife of Philemon. And and Philemon has opened the doors of his house to the church. and, and, And what we see out of her is that she supported him. She stood by him. Now, this proved that she was willing. It proved that she was a worker. I mean, to open the doors of your home meant that you had to be a worker. She had to keep things uh, presentable. She had to keep things tidied up enough for people to come in and to be able to worship. In other words, their home was not a, was, was not a pig pen. It wasn't, it wasn't a mess, but, but he could open the doors of the home and let other believers come in. And she kept the house well, and she took care of things. And how about it? wife? do you support your husband? Are you a willing vessel? Do you stand behind him or do you nag him? Are you someone that brings grief to him or do you stand behind him and nag or and stand behind him and support him? Do you are you someone that that can be trusted as a worker. Do you take care of the home? Is your house clean? Is the meals cooked? Is it, Are things provided for? Just as he has a responsibility when he goes to work every day to, to, to bring home a paycheck, you have a responsibility to make that home a sanctuary. Yes, he's to be the spiritual leader. Yes, he's to lead in devotion and he's to lead in prayer and he's to be the one that's strong in faith, but you're the one to set the atmosphere. He ought to come home to a clean house. He ought to come home to, to children that, that have been doing their Schoolwork and come home to, to children that, that have structure in their life. He ought to come home to a pleasant atmosphere and to a friendly smile. He ought to come home to a loving wife and to loving children. What does your husband come home to? He ought to not come home to a negative spirit. Think about your husband when he comes home and he's wore out and he's tired and and he's worked all day. He doesn't want to come home. You say, well, I've been with kids all day and I just want some adult conversation and, and I can understand that. And your husband ought to be willing to provide that. But it's a whole Easier to provide adult conversation when it's a positive conversation rather than it's a negative conversation. If you've been living in the dumps, if you've been living in doom and gloom and despair, don't pull your husband down. Get in your Bible and pray and have a positive spirit. Don't be a nagging wife, but be a wife that is a nurturing wife. When he comes home, be someone that that he looks forward to coming home to. You say, Well, preacher, he don't always come home in a good mood. No, but your spirit. Could grace and could change, and he ought to come home in a good mood. I I think he ought to come home with a with a right spirit. But you gotta remember something. He's been fighting and facing the world all day, and as he comes home, your attitudes, your. Your appearance could change everything. You ought to not drill him when he comes home, or or when he comes home. Uh, listen, don't don't interrogate him when he comes home. Come home with a uh, and trust God and trust Him and have a loving attitude and a loving spirit. You'd be amazed how how much love can be in the home when the atmosphere is sad. It's just like in church. If you come to church and I got a bad spirit, and a bad attitude. If the singers get up and, and they, they have no emotions and or they got a bad spirit or bad attitude, you know what's going to affect the, if the affect the atmosphere in the church? And so it is in the home. I encourage you, wife, you ought to be willing. You ought to support your husband. You ought to be a worker. You ought to take good care of the house. And you ought to not make excuses for not having a clean house. You say, well, the children tear it up and they mess it up. And I understand that. You've got to live in it. But it ought to be clean. It ought to be well kept. And then you ought to be a worshiper. You ought to set that atmosphere, as we mentioned, in the home. And you ought to come home to a good spirit in the house of God, in the home as well as in the house of God. I'm talking about being, he was willing, he was a worker, Uh, she was willing, she was a worker, she was a worshiper. Then I'll say, if you're going to have the church in your house, then I won't say it's going to take people who are spiritually disciplined. People who are spiritually disciplined. Notice he mentions here Archippus. And he calls him a fellow soldier. Archippus is a fellow soldier. Now, uh, listen, Archippus was no doubt a, a young preacher within the church of Colossus. The Bible talks uh, about him in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 17. And, and uh, no doubt he was, a, he was faithful. Some believe he was the pastor of the church. but He was no doubt the son of Philemon. He was an encourager. He was a he was a fellow soldier. When you think about a soldier, that's someone who is disciplined. And it's going to take some discipline in the home. We we have to teach discipline to our young people. They have to learn that. I, I pray that parents have learned that by the time that they're grown, that their parents taught them. But every parent has a responsibility to portray discipline, but also to teach it to our young people. And young people, that's what you need. If you're, if church, if the atmosphere in the home is going to be right, it's going to be spiritual, and God's going to bless the home, then the children have to be disciplined. You know, a soldier, a fellow soldier, a soldier is one who, uh, who sacrifices. He's known for his sacrifice. He's known for his service. He's known for his steadfastness. That, that's, that's the discipline of a soldier. Young people, what about you? Are you disciplined in your studies? Do you, do you work hard at school? Do you work hard in your schoolwork? Even during these days of quarantine, have you applied yourself or have you been lazy? Have you been slothful in your schoolwork? Have you cheated or have you looked for ways to, to, to just get by? Or have you, or have you, uh, have you applied yourself uh, in, your, in, your, uh, in your academics? Have you worked and have you studied at school, uh, in your schoolwork? Uh, you've got to be disciplined in your studies. How about in your spirit? What kind of attitude have you, been, uh, have you had while you've been at home? Have you complained? Have you murmured? Have you, have you talked about uh, uh, your parents? Have, have, you, have you been a blessing to them during these days? Have you kept the right spirit in your studies, in your spirit? And, and then also uh, in your service, in your labors around, have you kept your room clean? I know I'm just preaching simple things here. but I'm talking about discipline. Have you done your chores? When, you, when your dad's come home from work, has things been taken care of? You know, you all not just do what you have to do, but you ought to go the extra mile and do some extra things. You all to help pull the loads. You ought, to, you ought to do some things without your parents always being on your heels and telling you to do things. And when you don't get your way, you all to have a submissive spirit and say, yes sir and, and yes ma'am, and, and not have a bad attitude about it. Go off and, it, and blow up or get aggravated or, or pout at your parents. I'm telling you, listen, I'm talking about if we're going to have a spiritual atmosphere in our home, if we're going to have church in our house, and it's going to take some young people that are disciplined, some young people that will find responsibilities around the home and take care of it. Don't be, don't have the attitude of I'm bored. If that's your attitude, that means you're lazy. That means you're you're not doing anything. You've got too much idle time. You say, well, preacher, uh, I'm just bored. I, I'm at home all day long. Yeah, but there's work to do around the house, and, and you ought to spend time, personal time in the Word of God and prayer. When's the last time, young person, you just got off in your room somewhere and opened the pages of the Word of God and read the Bible and went through the Scriptures and studied the Bible. Uh, listen, when's the last time you really spent some ample time in your prayer life? might amaze your parents, encourage your parents to walk past your bedroom and through your door hear you praying, hear you talking to God. Don't spend your days on on devices and technology and things that that, that just waste time. Use your mind and use your body for the honor and the glory of God. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about bringing church to your house. He talked about in verse number 2, the church that is in thy house. What kind of church have you had at home the last 30 days? I promise you this. The kind of church you've had at home will determine the kind of church you're going to have when we assemble back together. I pray that God will speak to your heart. I pray that this message has been a help and been a blessing to you spiritually. Father, I pray now in Jesus' name, may the will of God be done. May you be glorified in all that will be said. I ask you, Father, to help our homes. God, help us as a people. Lord, I pray that you'll help the husbands, help the wives, help the children. God, give us a burden, uh, Lord, to, to have a spiritual home. And I pray that you'll help us to have revival. Lord, if there's some things that need to be cleaned out of the homes, if there's some things that need to be set straight, Father, would you take these this time, these days, and let parents, uh, Father, I pray, let them just, uh, Lord, get a real genuine burden for, for just bringing their home where it needs to be at. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.